Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and unfortunately, Michelle Claire could not join us tonight, but she will be back next week, and we are going to have a man talking with us about angels, and that's going to be another great show. So make sure you tune in for that one as well. Have all the information on our Facebook page and our Twitter feed and MeWe. So be sure to check us out there. Make sure you like us and follow us so you don't miss anything. Because we always have great guests, as you know. We've got some tremendous guests coming up, just like the person we have for you tonight. But before I introduce you to her, I wanted to tell you, make sure you go to the SupernaturalGirls.com homepage. Because on that page, scroll down and you will see a number of health products. As you know, we also do leading edge health segments. And we're always looking for the best products to use. Now, I have used all of these products. And I only put products on the site that I feel are really good. Now, for those of you who are tired of taking vitamin pills, we have Aurora Liquid Liposomal Vitamins, and you will get 5% off any supplements you buy from them if you just click through to their site from our site. So you can check those out. I know I get very tired of pills. There's only so many pills I can take. So Aurora Liquid is solving that problem for us, and they are expanding their line to include just about everything you can think of. We also have the Tesla Biohealing Coil. Take a look at that. Air Energy, which is photosynthesized oxygen, the Weber laser, which is totally amazing and does a lot with very, very difficult illnesses um, to, you know, really take a look at a whole new way of healing. And we had Dr. Weber on the show. He was outstanding. He is the inventor of all of this. He's from Germany. And all of his equipment is amazing. He even has an IV laser. And there's only a few clinics in the country, in the United States, that now use it. But I want to encourage you to look at what we have on the site. It will bring you to a site where it has everything about these Weber lasers that you can use at home or you can find a clinic hopefully nearby you so that you can experience them there. And then we also have double helix water, very hydrating, and there's a lot of talk about water these days. And are we even getting hydrated by the water we're drinking? They're saying there's all kinds of things in it that are not good for us. But even if it's purified, it's sometimes difficult to get hydrated from our water. So check out double helix water. 
And next week, we're going to be adding the biomats, which are, again, wonderful, natural healing types of products. You can click through to any of them. And, again, the discounts are all there for all of our listeners. If you have any problem and you're not getting the discount, I want to know about it. So please send me an email. But everybody should be getting a discount just by clicking through and making an order. Now, I do want to mention the Air Energy machines are basically made for spas and wellness centers. However, they just came out with a new one that is made for personal use. So it's a lot smaller, a lot less expensive. So, again, feel free to go to that site, and you will see there is a woman there who handles all the questions about this Air Energy machine. It is quite Remarkable. It is called Forest Breathing in Europe, and they use it in all kinds of spas, wellness centers, IV stations, salt caves. They all use energy over there. So, my God, what a great show tonight. We have author Pamela Kinney, and she's the author of a new book, Werewolves, Dogmen, and Shapeshifters, some of my favorite things. Now, Pamela gave up long ago trying not to listen to the voices in her head and has written award-winning, best-selling horror, fantasy, science fiction, poetry, along with non-fiction ghost books ever since. Now, three of her non-fiction ghost books garnered Library of Virginia nominations. Her third ghost book, Virginia's Haunted Historic Triangle, and that's Williamsburg, Yorktown, Jamestown, and other haunted locations reached a second printing and is now a second edition with extra new stories and 10 new ghostly images added, real ghostly images. Now, her horror short story, Bottle Spirits, was runner-up for the 2013 WSFA Small Press Award and is considered one of the seven Best Genre Short Fiction for that year. Now, Pamela is an amazing writer. I had the uh, occasion to take a look at her book. It is so, so well written, great fun to read. And, of course, as you all know, cryptids one of my favorite topics. And as I was telling Pamela off the air, she's the first woman that we are having on this show to talk about cryptids because in the past, you guys have been listening for a while, you know, we've always had guys. So Pamela is the first informed author expert on cryptids that we're having on our show. And she also, I just want you to know about her cat, because she and her husband live with a cat. And it's a black cat who thinks she should take precedence over her mistress's writing most days. So along with writing, Pamela has acted on stage and film and investigates the paranormal for episodes of Paranormal World Seekers for AVA Productions. Now you can find Pamela on the web at PamelaKKinney.com. So Pamela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me tonight. Well, it's an honor. It really is. I'm so excited because your book is so well done. And you're talking about our favorite stuff here. Yeah, it's excellent. And so what drew you to this? What drew you to cryptids? Well, number one, all my life I read ghost stuff, but I've also liked werewolves anyway. Let's be honest, it's it's a a favorite. In fact, even now, if I don't read ghost stories, my own 
prefer fiction. I also like to read werewolf horror and, and fantasy and stuff like that. So, um, of course, now we have dogmen here, the terms. And I probably might disagree with a lot of the people that do that because they say it's their dogmen because they have shorter snouts. But honestly, mm-hmm. I had a dog that was a Siberian Husky and has longer snout as the timber wolf in my book that I took a picture of from the local zoo. So uh, I, I can't. My, my opinion, I said, if these, if they can prove these are true, maybe this is what we've been seeing for years, and people thought were shapeshifters. I mean, werewolf. Kind of think about it. So, yeah, yeah. That, so that was fascinating, and of course, researching other shapeshifters in America. A lot of it's indigenous tribes have had it. I found a lot of stuff. So, oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's it's a whole new dimension, and I know you were very very uh, busy with the ghost kind of thing, but the cryptid world is is fascinating. There's so many different cryptids and so many different stories, and as you mentioned, the indigenous tribes have a lot to say about them, don't they? Right, from skinwalkers, which are actually witches, but they shape shift uh, to believe it or not, when deagles, because they do possess a person and change them shape-shifting again, all the way up to, like, Alaska has the, uh, see if I can pronounce it right, it's It's a uh, otterman. They become, Uh like, otters. So there's all sorts, and it's not the only bunch. So you have all sorts of different. You mentioned the skinwalkers, and I have to tell you, of everything that I've come across doing this show and in my own adventures in the paranormal, it's the skinwalkers that scare me. Not so much anything else, but the skinwalkers. Now, tell us what you learned about them. Well, number one, they have to be very bad witches to become that, and they have to do things that are very bad, even kill at some point to become a skinwalker. I mean, it takes a lot to do that. And I know that supposedly the, the, the Navajo and those tribes around that area don't want to speak about it because they're afraid to hear them and come to them. Which is interesting. Right, right. I'm going to point something out. I discovered not just skinwalkers, the ottermen, ottermen, the Wendigo, mm-hmm. and I think there was one other. I almost look another little uh, type of shapeshifter. The, the tribes in those areas are afraid to speak the name of because they'll come to them. So uh, that's interesting that they all really have that same thing. So yeah, like I said, indigenous tribes. They came across the land bridge. Part started in Alaska, then it goes on down. So that's that's just interesting. That uh, different types of of skin of of shapeshifters, but they all have the same thing. Oh, we can't speak about them because they'll come, they'll hear about it and come come to us. So right, I thought, right, I yeah. That in several several stories like that in different areas. So now they are supposed to be pretty dangerous. The skinwalkers, also, right? Yeah. What can they do? Yeah. That, well, it has to go into the book. It's been a while. I've been working on this past week a lot of fiction, and it's way opposite of all this stuff. Let me find the chapter. Hold on just now. I'm going to put this down. Sure thing. Yeah, we'll wait because we want to know. Looking up in there. Yeah, it's again, I'll keep talking because it's the skinwalkers. I've also heard that they can, they'll be out uh, somewhere near you and start whistling. Have you heard that one about them, the whistling? Yeah, I think if I heard that, I'd, I'd definitely want to go inside and lock the doors. Okay, their basic ways are 
witchery, sorcery, wizardy, and frenzy, which is all, you know, bad thing. They, um, most times, an apple, you understand, they believe that the people believe uh, in harmony with the earth. And they believe there are two classes of people, earth people, meaning mortals, and those who are holy people, unseen spiritual beings. Now, animal social with witchcraft include tricksters, such as the coyote. So that's one of the forms that the skinwalker supposedly has been seen sometimes. But they mm-hmm. include other ones like the crow, wolf, owl, and the fox. And they are usually oh. associated with death or bad omens. So that's why, I guess, because they're evil witches taking the form of something that's considered bad omens or, or death. But they can assume any um, form. And uh, they might possess living animals or people and walk around their bodies after locking eyes with them. So uh, yeah. it, it, that's the whole thing about that, too. That's that's the whole thing of witchcraft. And... Um, then it may be male or female, you know, things like that. And because they use the forms of carnivore, it's forbidden to wear any furs or feathers from the animals. Sheep and calfskin are acceptable. That's why the in- natives don't, in that area don't wear, like, the furs of animals and stuff. Uh, they use spit, hair, and nail clippings to curse their victims. This is why never, many Navajo never spit on the ground or even leave their shoes outside the door. And they make sure all nail hair clippings are disposed of properly or burned. And then the legend said that the Yi, I don't know if I could pronounce this right, now to see she curse people and cause great suffering and death. And at night their eyes will grow red like hot coals. And if you see the face of one, they will have to kill you because if you know who they are, they will die. And if you see oh. one, even if you don't, do not know the creature's human form, they must kill you to keep you from finding out who they are. So it's pretty bad. They use also a mixture of something called, something called corpse uh, powder that they make from flesh and bones of the dead. Ugh. And they blow it in your face. Yeah. And your tongue will turn black and you go into convulsion eventually. So they do a lot of bad things, okay? <laughs> They're not exactly yeah, nice they do. people to become that. I've heard that some Native people talk about this and that they were cursed by one of these things, and they got deathly sick and Well, you hear stories about people driving cars through reservation, and it'd be, mm-hmm. it's, of course, uh, white people or any other people that drive through it, and they'll find something keeping up with them that shouldn't be able to keep up as your car goes faster. I mean, policemen have had the same thing on motorcycles or their police cars going real fast, and that thing would keep up with them. I mean, that's wow. not quite normal, not even for some animals at this point, you know? No, it's not at all. And now I've also heard this, and tell me if this is true, that once someone becomes a skinwalker, there's no going back. To my knowledge, there isn't. Uh, it's probably yeah. death or anything else. Nobody really, considering they have to do a lot of things and they kill people and all that, at this point, there is no going. Let's be honest. Turning back, it's like a a murderer. Let's be honest. He kills a lot of people. He goes mm-hmm. to prison. Same thing with them. That you know that there's just no turning back. So it's like anything and I else. Can't you imagine. give your soul to the devil. You give your soul to the devil. That's, you know. That's right. That's right. Now I can't even imagine what would motivate somebody to take that on. What are your thoughts on that? People that want power. Maybe a chance to get money, things like that. Mm-hmm. That, that, that mm-hmm. basic things that we see happen a lot around here and across the world, actually. 
same thing. That's what motivates a bad person. Uh, power, being tougher mm-hmm. than, bigger than somebody else, all that sort of stuff. So That makes sense. Sure. You know, if somebody's that power hungry and they saw a way to do it like that, and they, yeah. But once they do it, that's it. They're, they're stuck there. Yeah. For, I guess, an eternity or whatever it is for their lifespan as skinwalkers. But yeah, I've heard, especially recently, I've been hearing a lot of stories from people who have uh, horse parts. And they bring the horses in, it's nighttime, and they're talking about, I'm hearing a whistle sound out there and I'm scared to death. It's like they even, they don't know what it is, they're not identifying it as a skinwalker, but they're feeling this dread inside of them just hearing that whistle so they feel it intuitively that something's really bad out there right so that's really spooky and is it all from the navajo tradition not no other indigenous navajo i think apache that basic area slightly but the navajo mostly but they are, and, and, and I think known with the Apache and a couple of other native tribes around that area, Hopi and that. So mm-hmm. it's basically southwestern. Yeah, my goodness. Well, so you don't want to look them in the eye. You you don't want to look at them at all. Otherwise, they will have to kill you because they think you might tell somebody about them. Right, and I reveal their identity. So you want to stay the heck away from them at all costs. Right. And, yeah, and I would imagine, you know, somebody's driving down a dark road at night in, in the southwest and they see this this thing off to the side, they wouldn't know any better unless they were familiar with these, these stories. So right. your book could save lives here. <laughs> Inform people <laughs> about these skinwalkers because, like I said, if anything gives me the heebie-jeebies and nothing else does like this, this is really really a big deal. But now you also talked about werewolves, which are, are very kind of fun in a way. Now, what is it you like about werewolves? Well, that they become wolves. <laughs> They're not, you know, as a fiction author, too, and I wrote werewolf stories. I actually got published. Uh depends on the different werewolves and how your ideas. As fiction, everything's different. You can kind of change the rules. But that, that they can shapeshift. Um, back in... Um, least medieval times uh, I remember years ago reading a book there is they used to be able to uh, take a skin of a, of a belt made of a fur of a wolf probably in Europe somewhere where they used to have a very vicious European wolves that are no longer existing there which probably can pass for some of the stories at that point mm-hmm. and they would fully chant a, 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 a thing so they at the full moon so they could turn into a, a, a werewolf and become like that and over the years, you hear different stories. Of course, things change. You know, you got the gaming stuff, the movies, and and books people write that werewolf bite turns you. And actually, that's never been in any real original stories. I mean, the bite doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever got bitten and turned into a werewolf in the old days. Uh, a lot of people believe that they were too. There were some uh, serial killers caught, uh, quite famous ones uh, that believed that they were werewolves, so they were killing people and eating them and Ugh. stuff. So a lot of cannibalism helped. And they also were burned at the stake, at stake as much as witches were in Europe, too. Oh, no kidding, huh. So, so if now, you refuse to be a werewolf, put you to, yeah. to the stake. Oh. And in the legend, 
about werewolves, and I don't know if this is just Hollywoodized, but it was always about the silver bullet that you had to have to kill them too. There's been some stuff. There's been a point where there was a guy that did it in a story years ago. I read that he, uh, and this was a true based off some lit, that they were hunting something, and, and he used a silver thing on an arrow, of course, you know, for guns. So, but a lot of them actually say regular old swords work. I guess chopping mm-hmm. off the head, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's right. like anything else. It's like vampires. I mean, you think it's a wooden stake in the heart, and now you see them finding graves that people thought were, were vampires, and it's not a wooden right. stake. And they put it in their mouth, and it's a like a sharp stone. So, oh, okay. I've, I've seen yeah. those on on some of the shows. So, now there was one story I saw reenacted that was incredible, and it was on Paranormal Witness. Have you ever seen Paranormal Witness? Kind of at one time, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It is produced by a really good outfit in the UK, and Paranormal Witness originally aired on the Sci-Fi Network, and I'm not sure where it is now, but I know they did a, at least five or six seasons. Right. One of the stories was about a werewolf, a real one, and it was fairly contemporary, this woman was in her house, and she was alone. Her husband was at work, and she saw this face in the window, scared the heck out of her. When her husband came home, she told him about it, and he found footprints in the snow, but they didn't look human. So he and a friend, this happened several times, and then he and his friend during the day, thank goodness, went and, and tracked these uh, these footprints in the snow, and it brought them to a cabin. And inside the cabin, there was a room, chains and claw marks on the walls. And the house really had nothing else. It really had no personal items, nothing to identify who lived there. But they did track down who did live there, and it was the man who worked at a, an auto repair shop. So they followed him to that shop, and I can't recall the ending, I hate to tell you, but it was an amazing story, and they claimed that he really was a werewolf because what the wife saw in the window was a wolf head. So it's They've a had great some here story. in Virginia that's been like that. Uh, really? Here in Hawaii, right by us, if you read the book in the beginning with the werewolves in Virginia, where I live at, yes. uh, the biggest one. And I think I named the term for it because I named it first. And I seen later on the famous Linda Groffy had used it, the werewolf of Henrico is what I called it, because it's Henrico County where it's seen in two different places. Now, mm-hmm. the description by one couple that had an experience at the park at near, it was near a river uh, talked about it, and they were sitting in the, on a bench, were two white tall, white, thin, dogish, wolfish things. And it kind of put me in mind, actually, believe it or not, of Harry Potter. If you watch that, the werewolf yeah. in that one, how he looked kind of like a white, thin, that's what that kind of description fit to me. He said it uh-huh. kind of scared him, but they got in the car, and that was it, and it, then he went back. The things went into the woods. But that's that, that, and people have had said they've heard noises in the night and all that. So it's been having, there's a website. There's actually a forum that people talk about the werewolf in Reichel there. But it was interesting to have it that close to us and and, and all that stuff. Oh, uh, another yeah. one that I 
Uh, other ones I found, there's one in Dismal Swamp, which if you go down there, it's in my sixth ghost book. There's a lot of story to suffix. Dismal Swamp has a lot of hauntings and stuff. It has a lot of stories connected to it. I mean, uh, witches, you name it, there's, there's legends connected. Native Americans, uh, the uh, African uh, slaves that escaped, and they actually lived in a town in there. So there's a lot of stuff to do with Dismal Swamp, big national park. And I found a werewolf story that I never knew about before. And uh, it's down there. So it's in my book, werewolf book. And people had experiences in the 1800s. They said it was a werewolf. So when I did these, uh, doing my book, I split it in half because we're thinking about dog man now, which, let's be honest, it looks like a wolf man. And, mm-hmm. and you got some that people say they're just dog man or whatever wolf man. But then you got, People think they're definitely it's a werewolf, or they call, or old times they call it a werewolf. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it a shapeshifter? Is it a dog man that they're seeing? So I kind of split it in half with werewolves because I, I I have a fondness of were, werewolves anyway. All the stories, right. you know, and yeah, so I split that in half. They're fascinating. Now, I mean, a way of shifting all differently stories about it. So now we've also heard stories on the show. This is very weird, but it. But we were told some people have seen, um, I know they came up behind, here's the story. They came up behind two, it looked like two men who were standing uh, somewhere on a hill and they had their backs to them, like wearing a coat. When they turned around, they had a dog's head. Each of them had a dog's head. Now, it wasn't a wolf. It wasn't ferocious. It was a dog's head. So I was amazed. I was like, you're kidding me. And they're like, no, this is what we saw. And I can imagine the shock that they were feeling because what's the reference point for that? You know, they, he said they were not wearing masks. That was for sure. So I even they're know what deciding. a wolf dog, a yeah, real dog that it, looks like. I mean, it looked like a dog's head. They said not a wolf's head. It was a dog's head. So, but wearing a trench coat, I mean, what? dimension did they step out of that's my question that's what i always kept thinking as a writer i think you know this sounds almost like if why are people not suddenly finding bigfoot dog men or wolf men whatever they are because people say they have shorter snouts but i can prove because i had a dog with a little same long snout as a wolf timber wolf so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a siberian husky where are they going through to another dimensions I know what ghost hunt native uh when I do ghost hunting, I always have a theory that a lot of it's dimensional because your other side is somewhere else. They always said uh, I read somewhere a long time ago, and this is the other book that heaven and hell are the same with us. It's no in the sky for heaven or down below for hell. It's actually the same as earth, but another dimension, and mm. you can read up on dimensions you know you know from the first one the second third fourth, third is us because we're solid all the way around and it goes on right. so there's all sorts of dimensions so an alternate world they talk about i mean there could be all sorts of things now that they've proven i mean the navy admitted it and now they're saying that actually pentagon has a lot more and i've been saying when they said well how come nobody said anything about this before i said i i went to the tv blue book blue book yeah. i'm old enough right blue book air force it's been around for a right. while you know, this is on one of those shows on travel. The guy was talking, Blue Book, come on, Blue Book, you know, I knew this. And and, and now they said the Pentagon, it was one of the uh, government guys. They said in the uh, 
yeah, that they have more on the UFOs than we that we can believe. So it, the Navy may have had theirs, but they're they know they know what's going on. And so here we got these things that glow and disappear from somewhere, either another dimension. What are they going at? We don't know. And why do they come space? here? You know, or is it right. other? Is it an alternate world? Yes, and and why come here? Why come to this dimension? I mean, they they clearly seem to know what they're doing when they're here. I mean, they don't to appear disoriented the or like thing, the same thing you and I would do if we go to our ancestors went to primitive people's islands, or they or a scientist went to study the same thing. They're studying mm-hmm. us. They yeah, they out. may be. If they can do all that stuff, they're more superior and able to do that than we can. So. Absolutely, they know something that we don't have a clue about. And now I have not, I have not heard any stories about dogmen being dangerous and that, or that they've attacked anybody. Have you heard stories that they have? I've seen some on the uh, one on the Travel Channel. I do know there was also a cat man. It's in my book because there's been uh, wasn't a, a were it wasn't a dogman. It wasn't you know a wolf man because it was actually a cat with a long tail uh, like a panther. Because he saw it and it was on its four feet and then stood up and when it, it attacked him and knocked him down, but he got mm-hmm. up and it was on the TV too. It got up and ran away when somebody else came up with the, their, you know, their vehicle to help them because he was having uh, just a problem. It ran yeah, away on its two legs. A cat, okay, a big leopard-like yeah. cat. So uh, yeah. Um, that was interesting. So he had been attacked. There have been a couple of them. I think that they have had people look like attacked. But then, you know, it's an animal. I think it's like anything. It, most of the times it doesn't. But there probably is a few that might do that, especially if they're threatened, maybe or yeah, maybe sure, if they have like mental any, problems. We got mental there. problems. We have people attack hey, us. Hey, we so. should do in our species. So yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds. Of, but I've I have not heard of dogmen kidnapping anybody or, you know, no. you hear stories like that about Bigfoot type of cryptids um, and other other types of shapeshifters, but, but not dogmen. So it's, it's a very interesting uh, study and what they're about and where they're from. So, yeah. Now, you also have a lot of information about Bigfoot. So let's, let's go there. In Virginia, we are the oldest, to have the oldest stories about Bigfoot. goes way back to our Native Americans here, the tribes, Powhatan, all the different ones, the Monaghan. So we are considered the oldest in the, uh, to have all the states. Well, you know, uh, California had Spanish settled there. We had the English. So there's been, you know, before that, the Natives. So we are the oldest. So Washington may have all those stories, but it's been having stories here for years and still having it. Um, so we have a, I have a whole chapter about Bigfoot, about all that in Virginia, in my Haunted Virginia Legends, Myth, and True Tales book. So you can actually read that. Uh, so we have a lot of Bigfoot stories, yeah, uh, somewhat not far from, actually, po- Pocahontas Park, I live not far from that one, a state park. There's been a sighting there at one point. So who knows? Now, I mean, they say that uh, there's a lot of talk about the fact that they like huckleberries. And if you are huckleberry hunting, you may encounter one. And, in fact, there's, there's other people that have gone missing, never to be found, that 
were huckleberry hunting. So, <laughs> you know, with and I've I've talked to a lot of Bigfoot people, and some people swear they're not being they're not kidnapping anybody. They're gentle. They're this or that, and then. I've talked to others on the show say, yeah, that's a kind of a baloney story because some of them are, I mean, they're all different tribes. Some of them may be gentle, but there's others that have been kidnapping children. And there's actually stories about that from long ago that have been written down about Bigfoot coming down and from the mountains and stealing women and children. So have you come across any of that in Virginia? Yeah, not in Virginia, but other places you hear about some of the stories. And, and, and if you think about it, I, I kind of think they're actually apes more than an intelligent cross between us and, and whatever. But I would think apes. And considering how we know how gorillas act, and gorillas weren't discovered too way late. Think about it. Because they used to have the natives would say, oh, there's men, uh, furry men living up in the mountains in Africa. And they say, oh, no, wait, there's not. And then they found out there really were. And we know mm-hmm. that even though they're gentle, you know, they get upset. I mean, they can hurt you because they're strong. Oh, yeah. And if so you think strong. about something, let's be honest, seven or eight foot tall, let's be honest, nine foot, it probably could crush you even oh. by accident if you think about it. So Easily. think about it if they were intentional. And they do throw rocks. They feel that they're, I've heard stories about it sounds like they're territorial, okay? If you think about yeah. it, you come in their area, they think it's their spot. I haven't heard about the huckleberry, but I have heard about territory and stuff. And that, to me, mm-hmm. that sounds like any animal. It, it, that's why you see rocks and stuff. And, yeah, so my thing is if they do anything, it's either they're territorial, they're apes, they can mm-hmm. get angry, they can be like anybody else, they can, get, you know, lose it. I mean, some might have mental problems, too. Like I said, we don't know. I mean, it's like people, it's like animals. Animals can get mental problems. I found out mm-hmm. years ago because I had a cat that it happens to them just as much as it happens to human beings. So anything could happen be a reason. Uh, another thing, too, I kept thinking about women being taken. As a, I hope it's not meaning mating because that's like some of the stories you see in some of the movies about that. So Right. Yeah. That's a, really frightening. Yeah, that, definitely. That I mean, there's a lot of stories out there, and I do think our government knows a lot about Bigfoot. I think they found some of them. I heard one of them was carried out. Um, after, during a fire that had been burned. So they had one of them that they took to a facility. We did have somebody on the show who claimed to be working at a cryptid facility where they house things like this. And he had knowledge of a lot of different things that I had never even heard of, not the typical ones like we're talking about tonight, but things I had never heard right. of that he said were particularly dangerous. And he did not want his... Um, Identity revealed. He used uh, a voice changer so nobody could recognize his voice. And it was a very interesting discussion about what they had at that facility. So I know there's been some footage released claiming to be from a facility, but who knows? I mean, it's so today's technology, it's so easy to fake things. And it's really a shame when people do that because they muddy the waters like crazy. But, again, the stories that I've heard could go one way or the other or, again, speaks to the thought that there's different tribes of Bigfoot with different levels of behavior, some aggressive and some hostile and some not. And the other thing and they're all over that, the world. And they're all over the world, and they're all not the yeah. same size either. Yes, exactly, like the Yeti. 
uh, in Asia, it's a whole different thing out there. So, um, but the other thing that's so fascinating about them is the fact that they are so stealthy and they're so so large. Not that large animals can't be stealthy. Certainly, moose are like that. They can walk yeah. through the woods. You have no idea that they're right behind you. However, um, had a couple on the show. They gave me a photograph. <clears throat> they had been out at a camp, and they knew that there were Bigfoot in the area. And the trail cam took a photograph that was mind-boggling. This photograph, the two of them were sleeping in their sleeping bags on the ground next to a picnic table. And there was a Bigfoot. I mean, there was no doubt. This thing had enormous breadth of the shoulders. I mean, it was just the back, the muscles, unbelievable, covered in hair, leaning over them, leaning over them, and they had no idea. Now, the man was someone who had taken people on expeditions all over the world. So he was used to going on expeditions and sleeping with one eye open, not necessarily for Bigfoot, but it was for, you know, wild animals. It could be something else that's coming after his party that he's supposed to be protecting. But neither one of them woke up. They And when they saw the photograph of this thing just leaning over them, I mean, so close to their faces, they could not believe it. They could not believe it. He was being curious. It. He was curious about them. He certainly he was. He was being curious. You'd he could have heard him. He didn't. Thing. He did not hurt them, and apparently he just got up and left. But the thing that's so fascinating is that neither one of them woke up. Neither one of them felt those eyes on them. That's the strange part. And I've heard this a lot with Bigfoot, that they are they come in and out of this reality, um, and that's what they do. So that's why they disappear. That's why it's hard to find them. They are not tied to this physical reality, which I would tend to believe that. How about you? What do you think about that? Um, dimensional doorways, same thing with ghosts, or same thing when people die in Europe. But there's sometimes they act like they sound far away, and you tell them to yell much on your ghost box. And it's like they're, some, they're probably there, but it's like something's between them. So it's between you and them, and they're speaking. Sometimes I think that's what it takes. It's, that's another dimension, uh, the spirit mm-hmm. dimensions one way, like when we all pass away, there's probably alternate worlds that they all come from. For all I know, it could be a wormhole from another planet at this point. I mean, you right. think about the stories. We've got enough to know that these things are probably possible in science when you read about things on the science, uh, different science places and stuff like that, NASA and all that. So there's a lot of possibilities. And maybe one day we'll all learn this stuff, or maybe, who knows, I mean, we'll find out. Maybe they're smart enough to to come much in contact with us, because we're not the most nicest people in the world either. No, we're not. We're we're not. A lot of us are just to be avoided. (laughs) Right? We might be blown up our planet. We, we might I be blown up our planet and have nothing to come to. So That's right. That would be terrible. I hope that does not happen. But we do have a question from somebody in the listening audience tonight, and it's area code 574. So let me get them on the show and see what their question is. Hi, what's your name? My name's Bill. Hello. Do you have a question for Pamela tonight? Well, 
I do. Uh, You were talking a little bit about an animal there and shooting them in the head. I don't believe that that you know what that entails there when you shoot an animal in the head and what it means. And there's a little bit more to it than I believe you sort of characterize it. I'm not sure you you completely understand what it means to kill an animal there. Because I don't believe you might not have ever killed a mouse in your life there. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it there. And I don't believe you did that. So when you kill a big old animal, it means something. And you don't know what the hell you're talking about when you do that there. So watch your mouth. Well, I don't think that Pamela meant anything by it other than we were talking about in the legends how people talked about getting rid of werewolves or shapeshifters or things like that. So I appreciate your comment. I would never shoot an animal. Pamela wouldn't shoot an animal, neither would I. (laughs) Of course. But we're talking about... But what we're talking about is the legends and how people approached it in uh, in all kinds of yeah. literature, as well as so, in fiction and nonfiction it is not stories. What you were but thank about you. Earlier, but that's a nice change up there. That you got to throw that pitch there, knock yourself out. Well, thank you <laughs> for that, calling, that's and you. Not have... how you characterize it. Okay. Well, you, th- thank you for calling. You have a good evening. Shut up. Okay, that was interesting. There's all, all sorts of people's opinions, and that's their opinions. So. Uh, exactly, and I, I don't think he quite uh, was following why we were talking about it that way. But like you said, I mean, we I know you love animals, and so do I. But when you're talking about these shapeshifters, you're talking about a whole legacy with all of them that has come from hundreds of years ago. So it's all very interesting, in my opinion. Well, so werewolves started with with Greek uh, Romans, and you hear about the twins that suckled with the with the she wolf, and 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 of course right. the Greek one where uh, the the king uh, tricked Zeus in eating a person's human flesh. When Zeus found out, he got angry. He turned him into and Lycos, King Lycos, into and that's where we got the term lycanthrope because of him. Oh, that's and where it came so, from. Okay, start with that. Yeah. And 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 werewolves. There's even actual um, medical ones where people grow hair and stuff. So yes. sometimes some of those people might have been mistaken for werewolves because they can't help it. It's just things that happen because it's all medically, physically, and even at some point mentally with some of them. So yeah, that's there was another a, term for where where like like lycanthrope comes from with that too. So. Yeah, and I've seen photographs of these children, and yeah, they they have hair everywhere, all over their faces and things like that. It's, it's really interesting, but it's some type of a genetic disorder that creates that. But yeah, right. I would imagine many years ago, before people understood any of that, they would mistake them for werewolves or some type of a, a creature other than understanding it's a genetic anomaly. So right. yeah, very interesting. So back to our mysterious Bigfoot. Um, has, in your area, in, in Virginia, has anybody had a personal encounter that's approached you and talked to you about it? 
I interviewed a Bigfoot hunter. He doesn't do it anymore. He's got into religion now, but so he dropped out of that. But he had him and he used to invest, do hunting or checking up, trying to find out about him. And I actually interviewed him. Actually, it's in Haunted Virginia, Legends, Myth, and Truth Tale. I hold my book right here. But I did interview him for that because I, want, I thought to get a view from one of the Bigfoot hunters about it. And he's from Virginia area, but he's done hunting up and down all around the area, including here. So um, he told me some interesting things that he had encounters with and stuff. So that was through, uh, of course, emails and Facebook when we met each other. But um, So, yeah, I had that kind of person I met before. But basically, I, I know some people, you know, they, they go investigate ghosts. There's even some of them started a dogman one in Virginia, and there's also a Bigfoot hunt too. So they, I think they intermingle at some point with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. It, I mean, it's hard to separate some of these things out. So yeah, I mean, especially with dogmen and werewolves, it's very hard to separate things out. Now you also talk about the owl shapeshifters, and that's very big in indigenous tribes. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, let me. There are some of uh, where um, actually, and um, let me find that chapter. Um, if I got the right one, no, that's not. That might be. I know in uh, Arizona there was actually a was actually also on the one of the doctors. There's um, skinwalkers actually take bird shapes too, but the one I'm going to try and follow, the owl witches. Uh, it's called the. If I can pronounce that word, some of this, like I said, it's pretty Spanish making. La La Chuca, and uh-huh. what they are is this is in New Mexico and Arizona. So um, there have been um, the next time when you take a drive, I'm going to keep out for that. That includes, of course, uh, skinwalkers, but also witches. Other witches do that too, and our witches are the La Chuca. Forgive me about my pronunciation. La Chuca, Taca, Clica, and Tikini. That's New Mexico, Texas, and Washington. Stikini is one of them, too. They're humans that, cha- uh, that don't just change shape, uh, werewolves and stuff, but there are others that, that take the owl form. Um, they call them the owl witch. Uh, Mayans believe that once the sun went down, owls who were guardians of the dead would come out. The shape-shifting witch is seen in many, in the, mainly in the southwest, but it can be anywhere else, like I, like I said, uh, Texas and, and Washington, especially uh, – mm-hmm. A lot of it's due to the to the growing Hispanic uh, population. Supposedly, they love to eat humans, ch- humans, especially children, who are supposed to be exceptionally flavorable. So, um, the tale goes that a woman had practiced black magic, and they found her, so they turned her to death. Uh, this is probably back in the really old days, and then she came back to life. She looked like a woman dressed in black during the day, but at night she shifted to a human-sized owl, which is pretty big. <laughs> But that a human is. face, but a human face looking for revenge, and uh, mm. that's one I think down south, La Shusha. Uh, the indigenous uh, cultures have them too. Uh, one of them, let me see if I can find it. The, in La, La Yakima, Washington. Uh, let me pronounce mm-hmm. this right slowly. Okay, Tata Clea. And they, uh, the tribe up there have a similar legend to the to the other one, and uh, it's five supernatural women that resemble giant owls. 
They dwell in caves by the day, and they uh, fly out at night to prey on all manners of animals, including human beings. They are said to prefer taste of children, so they too, legend has it, they can hunt humans by mimicking their language. Now, the oh. Seminole in Florida have the stickini, and they're sinister monsters from their folklore. They are known also as man-owls. And hmm. like the other two owls, they're evil witches, transform themselves into owl beings. By day, they, they will resemble like regular Seminole people, but at night, they vomit up their souls, along with their internal organs, and that sounds painful, and become yeah, undead sure owl does. monsters that feed on the, on the human heart. So, um, Wow. They say that this is the same thing. Here's another one I didn't mention. When I mentioned there was another uh, being, besides the skinwalkers, the otter men, and uh, even the, the wendigo, this tikini is the same thing, that they say um, that they don't like to speak of them because they might come mm-hmm. to you. So like I said, it's yeah. not just the, the southwestern. There are several different areas of the United States that the different indigenous tribes and they're not like a vampire turning, right? So it's at night when they change. Like I said, it's like a vamp, almost like a vamp, not like a vampire turning in a bat in fiction, but they use a more mm-hmm. um, werewolf-like transformation. So once the moon rolls, they would bomb up the souls, internal organs, and blood, transferring into the undead owl monsters. So there's a lot wow. of yeah that. So mm. and they're all big owls. I mean you. You know, I've, I've seen big owls. I've seen screech owls really big. But no matter yeah. how big that screech owl I saw, it's not as big as a human, <laughs> maybe as a kid, but not as big as a, say an adult human being. So as an adult, they can yeah. become that size. Yeah. Right. That's pretty intimidating. Yes. I remember seeing a story about that. I think it was, again, on Paranormal Witness. And they were pretty formidable. So, again, anything to do with the, the Skinwalker legend, it seems like. It comes from the Stark witchcraft, and it is, it's very imposing and something to really stay away from, for sure. But then we have my favorite, Mothman. So tell us some more about Mo- I love Mothman. I think Mothman is just phenomenal. Tell us what you know about Mothman. Well, I read that when I was a kid. There was a book, so I was interested. Even though I lived in California at the time, but it was interesting about the West of Virginia one. I know you hear all the stories, how they had the experiences and something that was following them, and and it couldn't be a burr because and it was so interesting because as a kid I thought because it was pretty logical. I'm thinking this probably is an alien, and this is a space. That's what I thought it was alien of spaces. That was interesting. How I think probably more alien because they actually mention even in that story years ago, that many times you see Mothman, there have been UFOs seen in the area. And that's pretty oh. interesting. I'm thinking, so I'm, sometimes I wonder if that's not a, an alien in a space suit. I mean, they can't breathe our air. Same mm-hmm. thing, we have to worry, you know, our people were uh, the whole thing to go out into space or on another planet because they can't breathe the air at the time or protection. So that, that was my logic as a kid. I didn't believe it. Uh, it's a story about it being more supernatural, I kind of think lean towards that. That's just my my opinion. Uh, but there has been one scene here in Virginia a uh, few years few years ago by some people that actually came to a county here, and that's in my um, haunted Virginia. That one has a lot of interesting stories all over mm-hmm. the state. So it has been seen here uh, earlier in the century 
here. And now, of course, it's been the last few years, I noticed in uh, articles that they've had appearances seen in Chicago and a few other places yes. like that in the Midwest. There were a lot of sightings in Chicago a few years ago. That was very interesting. And, again, I uh, I know some of what happened with the collapse of the bridge, they were thinking that Mothman had caused it, which they found there was an actual mechanical cause for right. the collapse of that bridge. So the question was, then why was Mothman there? You know, was he trying to warn people? Because um, he did appear for a period of time before that collapse. So that was never That's determined. That's a good yeah, what was the purpose of, of Mothman's visit? And the other thing that I found interesting, again, never attacked anybody, just showed up, you know, flew alongside of their cars, some of them, scared the yeah. heck out of them, but, but never, you know, laid a hand on everybody as far as, on anybody as far as we know. It was more just sightings. So the only interesting, other interesting piece that I heard about Mothman was when, these uh, this young couple decided to go into this one area where they thought Mothman might be hanging out. And it was some old, uh, I don't even know what it was, this building that had been abandoned. It was in like a cave-type situation right. almost, but there were doors on it. And they I don't know if you heard this one, but they went in there, and then they taunted Mothman. Well, that probably was stupid. So they went in and taunted him, and then they left and went home. Well, I guess they brought Mothman with him, with them. So they had some uncomfortable paranormal experiences around Mothman that eventually got so bad they ended up moving away from their home. But they started it. You know, they went to where they were told Mothman was, and then they said whatever they said, called him out, whatever. And then all these other adventures started happening that really terrified them. So, again, nobody was hurt. It's a really important piece when we're talking about any of these cryptids. Is Did they hurt anybody? And, well, I don't know. I don't think so. What do you think? I don't, no, I don't think so. There's never been any stories connected with him or uh, Mothman or any of the uh, sightings of Mothman hurting anybody. And like I said, it could be, like, I'm, I'm thinking alien in a space suit, and, and let's be honest, probably in checking us out. Just like the UFOs, I really think whatever they're coming from, they're checking us out. Uh, they're just more superior. It's just like we would do when we do things. And as for taunting, people do that in ghost hunting too. And whenever they get something like a scratcher, I, I think they get it. You get what you, you reap. I don't do that. I actually am polite. I figure, especially if they live in these places before I ever came there to investigate or do anything, or I I try to be polite. I really do. I figure you get sugar more with sugar and candy than you would with uh, being mean to anything. So, and it's worked for me. So, well, I think it's a smart way to go. Yeah, because then they're more likely to eventually communicate. Well, ghosts have put, pushed people downstairs. I don't want anybody pushing me down the stairs because I'm being no. awfully mean. Oh God, no, no, you don't want that. And that. Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, they taught uh, whatever it was, Mothman, whether it was a ghost doing it because uh, he haunted the area. And there's a lot of that, too, because it's got a haunted a hotel in the town, I heard, and everything. It could be a ghost. It could be Mothman. It could be them aliens showing them, hey, look. 
It's the same thing. Don't be respectful. Yeah, don't aggravate them. Don't poke the bear. And <clears throat> the other thing I have heard about Mothman, I think it's probably true, and I agree with you. I think they're very much connected with uh, some alien type. And I also have heard that the aliens did uh, leave them here as scouts. And I think they just left them here. I don't think that they planned necessarily on picking them back up again. So there's that. That piece well, it's uh, like us. may we go or may places, not be true. You, invest, you go places, you invest, human beings have been investigated for years with primitive tribes. It's a good way to check things out, you know. Yes. We're probably just a, a project in, in, in a lab somewhere for them or 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 what is it, we, we you know, for uh, anthropology, whatever the planet or place that they come from believes in. So that doesn't yeah. shock me. Yeah, that's my thought. You know, you know, we do it. Why not? There's somebody else doing it on us. I mean, like, sure, exactly. Why wouldn't they? And yes, yes, that's right. In fact, when we were talking last week with Corey Good, he was saying that in fact this planet is one big lab for the aliens, and we're just all a part of their little experiment, which I tend to believe is true. But Mothman being sent as a scout makes a lot of sense. And yeah. again. It never attacked anybody, never hurt anybody, and we all get scared because we don't know what we're looking at. Again, we have no reference points, and we see this enormous, enormous thing, six or seven feet tall, flying through the air So, with glowing eyes. Yeah, that's, that's news to us, so <laughs> it would be a little disconcerting, but no one's been hurt. So all that's good. Oh, that's very good. I would love to to know more about Mothman. I'd love to know what the government knows about Mothman and all these other cryptids. It's all very fascinating. So, And you've looked into a lot of haunted places as well. And we can talk about that with your books, um, not just cryptids, but you've also done some really interesting investigations involving hauntings. Yeah. Um, besides my book, I do course started using equipment after my first book I started doing it which helped so especially the ghost box and I discovered they like to talk to me and I kind of prefer that I may have the ability to 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 hear ghosts and that but I don't want anything inside me like a psychic does I figure you don't know this way they can communicate through the box and tell me their answers and it's more better I mean I've got EVPs but this is more right live the latest one that we did was at Roswell Plantation and, and Gloucester, Virginia. It's a lot of ruins now. It burned down, I think, second time, and it's in the 60s, so it's ruins. And some of it's come down, some of the walls. They, they're, they're earning money. It's a historical function there behind that to try and put, mm-hmm. you know, logically get the walls back up. So uh, they let us do that one night, and we went in there, and uh, right off the bat, I got – an EVP because I did that one first and when I came up and turned it on you can hear the woman's voice coming after my voice because I said it's best here because I had a couple years ago when I went to do a signing at the place they let me come there and I did and I got the name Beth so it's best here the one that from years ago two years ago I came here and you said the name and she said and I heard a woman's voice and we all heard that off the recorder it was pretty loud but just you know, not audible enough because she came on the same time as my voice. So mm-hmm. when we started with the ghost box, she came on and she answered me to Beth. And there were two guy uh, males there, which they said they were family members of the original family. 
and we later had a child too. There actually is a couple of children, I think, spirits. One of them, um, my friend, uh, fellow investigator, uh, Carol, her husband is skeptical, okay, and he went to go to the to the main place to go use the bathroom because there's no bathrooms at the room. So he's going up, jogging up the, the road when he heard footsteps jogging behind him and, and stuff. So when he got back, and she said, well, that's there's a boy child there. He likes to tease people. Let's always do it, teasing. So he'll do mm-hmm. like uh, teasing run behind him or whatever. So when he came back, I, and, I, and he said, oh, he tells us this stuff. Right? I said, oh, Carol, I thought he was skeptical. I think your husband finally found something that changed him. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so, because you're excited, right? Next yeah. day, oh, maybe, maybe not. And yeah. someone said some people are not comfortable, and so maybe for him it wasn't comfortable. But he had actually had that experience, and, and that was pretty normal for that. Uh, we had a child get on uh, uh, one voice. I got a little bit, so I don't know if it was him or a little girl. There's a girl, too. So there's one child that da- drowned it and another one that had that. So. And the woman is interesting. So I was trying to find out, is she the one that fell? From the place, because there's one that they now think was it the husband killer. They heard that might, she might have had a lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe the husband pushed her off, or she was on top oh, of the roof at the time. The place was gorgeous. If you see a picture they have, how it looked back then, it was really, really, really nice. They even had a garden on the roof and everything. This is like 1700s, wow. you know. Oh, well, she fell from that. So I oh. asked her, and I did get a male voice in about something push or something like that so i did tell her that and she's trying to find out who beth could be because they couldn't think of who it could be elizabeth there wasn't any elizabeth in their thing which would be logical there'd be a name elizabeth because that was right. there you know and all that stuff they they did we did get a male another male voice and he was a slave and he gave the name and it was in her records oh great so, so well, that, that was a backup. But when at the end, I said, well, are, are you guys going to show, show yourself to some one of our, my, my co-producers, camcorder, you know, or mm-hmm. something? Let us know you're here. And the woman, and she says, yeah. Okay, well, I took pictures later on when I went through, and I always look up real close. Now, the ring I was aiming at my camera at the time during the day, and I, because there's a seller. Um, when I first did the first cop edition of the book, I had was told to go inside there and see what I get. Well, I got an EBP, actually, footsteps in the dirt. And then mm-hmm. I heard a woman's voice outside. Of course, it was on my recording, too. And I was the only woman there. My husband was there in a car away from there, but I was the only one. There was no anybody there but me. And I heard a woman's voice outside like that. And so, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, I assumed that, you know, we figured maybe that be an interesting thing is to see what, have put a camera there looking through there i took pictures alternately daytime see if anything show up in the from the cellar door it was a wine cellar um so everything was at the space of my camera would space out well during the day you could see on the side where the brick wall had went down of course because daytime mm-hmm. you see everything there is no floor left it's mostly a lot of grass growing through the whole thing so you know there's nothing on the side of that other side of that Wayne cellar, what's there? At nighttime, right. I have a picture of that. Nothing up there in that spot. The last one I did have has a figure in it. It's a happy it had... male. It doesn't look female. Huh? It's just a little okay. odd. It head, but it does not look 
female. It's enough, partly solid enough, not completely. And it's standing there. So I caught it when I was pointing my camera at that cellar. Good for you. But they they did say they were going to do it. Something was up there. So I I actually gave her a copy of the picture. And I, for the book, when I put the story in, this woman's uh, ghost story, as she called it, it's on Kindle. Um, I actually gave her all three of the pictures so people can see how I could prove it was nothing there. During the daytime, you can actually see the area. Next one at night, nothing there. And the next one you see at night, there's the figure. And I did Gosh. a real close-up one of it and circled that area. so people. Could, but it, it's audible, even if it that's wasn't great. circled. I mean, it's something there. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, Pamela, let me ask you. Technology has really changed for the better, I think, I think, around all of these phenomena. What are your thoughts on that, and what do you use to capture these things? Well, I have a ghost box. Someone modified it. I tried to get one like someone when I first did it from Radio Shack to get my husband to do it. What they gave me is what you can't do it with and end up turning, which was they were wrong. Sometimes Radio Shack doesn't know everything. I turned it back in. Of course, not long after that, they had closed down, so maybe at that point they weren't caring. But I found somebody on eBay that was apparently he had modified one, so I bought it was only a couple of bucks more than what I bought for them. And that's what I've been using. Um, uh, I make sure the radio, of course, the batteries always change. You never know. Things can get pulled after a while. But I've gotten things off that box. I've gotten to knowing when I hear something. And it's a certain area. You can actually, it's real clear. There's no scanning voices in a certain area. And you can, they can really talk through that then. And you can tell. They get louder than everything else. And they answer you. When they answer you, you know that's not a radio because Deja doesn't know what you're doing. They're busy playing music and that. They don't know what's going right. on. So when I get answers, now, that's that's the exciting thing. Do you have, is this something that has static and the white noise in the background? Or yeah, is it just it a clear noise, thing? Yeah, because you're scanning, static. when you're making scans, so it makes noise. I think they've gotten mm-hmm. newer ones that are getting better and better. But at this point, the one I have, and it's been working, so... Right. Well, I and think I do this record, is what people are I after. Re- yeah. I do record same time because sometimes you don't always hear everything because of all the noise. And when you have yeah. the headphones on and you're on your computer, you can hear a lot more things. that you. Some things you thought you heard, you find out was opposite of what you heard. Uh, some things you will hear on that that you don't hear live sometimes because of mm-hmm. all the noise. Um, some of it can be really bizarre. And if, if you don't think they don't know what's going on, even the supposedly uninformed, there was one place in Surrey to Suffolk I did that uh, Bacon's Castle is considered the most haunted house. Uh, they talk about the haunted attractions and every state, mm-hmm. like the fake haunts. Bacon's Castle is ours in Virginia. They have that on a, on a uh, best, most haunted in the state, which is kind of odd that we're the real haunted house and it's not a fake one. But there's a place that's owned by the same uh, uh, historical group that does Bacon's, and they said, oh, we don't, we don't have any ghosts here. I know Pocahontas uh, got this uh, land from her father when she married you know, her husband, and later on, the family, uh, somebody else built the house and lived in there and all that stuff. We're, we're not on it. 
but she gained, you know, of course it was during the pandemic after that, so it was kind of hard to, uh, to them, and uh, someday I'll have to, uh, yeah. she found the book and read it. But there was a point where I asked about, because I said that was the second, he actually came, John Smith actually came on the land at the time, a long time ago, and he tried to start a second uh, fort, but he didn't, and I ended up leaving it. So I, I did get the word fort. But later on, I started asking about other ghosts. I figuring, is there anybody else that haunts the palace or anything? And a woman and a man's voice came on, and they started answering me stuff. And there's one point where the guy had said something toward the end that was really, this was the only time I've ever been kind of freaked out. He said, ghost. And I heard that, because I'm sitting, you can hear me on my, my recording afterwards. Ghost, did you, you said ghost, right? And the woman's voice <laughs> come on and says, haunted Virginia. Oh, oh my God! It's in the book. She said it like that. Uh, that's the first time. I, that kind of like I, very they clear. Been they sure know what's going on, but haunted Virginia. Yeah, yep. She knew. That is so interesting. You know, these folks that have passed that come back and communicate like this, they have. I'm sure such a story to tell, and I can't wait for the technology to advance and be able to have really full conversations just like you and I are having tonight conversations like this because yeah sometimes I've heard these ghost box experiences and they are difficult you really have to attune to a certain way of listening to get anything out of them I know you can get used to it but it's not easy and I commend you because you're able to do it but there's so many people have unfinished business with people that have passed, or they're looking to find out what happened to their older relatives or whatever. And it's the, what a great way this would be if we could have a conversation, a real conversation like that. With I them. believe they come back so, and forth all the time. I really believe that. We actually had an answer of one at uh, Fort Magruder Hotel, and it's actually mentioned in my uh, second edition of Virginia Hall History because we add the hotel to it. And I have pictures from that. I have a lot of pictures from that during the year. Uh, Mars Con- Science Fiction Convention was there, and I was a guest. And, my, and the night before the convention, we were doing one with uh, soldiers, and then we got a woman. And we found out she actually wasn't nothing connected to the whole time, except she came with the convention every year. She had passed away, been there since it started 20 years, 25 years before, but passed away and still came back every year because she liked the convention. She used to come to it. Which, mm-hmm. you know, made my friend Carol happy because she said, I hope my mother, well, she just passed away. She never got to go to, you know, the Caribbean. I hope she got to do that now. She's at least able to do it in spirit. And yeah. uh, I, so I think they can come back and forth if they want. So that, which is interesting. If you think about it, a, a it grandparent is. dies before they see their grandchildren. They could come back. That's why you hear about people saying their kids, it's their grandmother. They're, they're looking you know, to see their grandchildren, too. I mean, it's only normal. Oh, definitely. Normal. I mean, people talk all the time about having a dream that you know is much more than a dream. It's somebody coming to pay a visit, you know, a relative or a friend or whatever. And, yeah, it happens quite frequently, which is great. So it, it lets people know they're still around, they're still looking after them one way or another, and it's comforting. So all of that. I wish Michelle was here with us. She'd talk to us more about that since she's a psychic medium and she talks to them all the time. But most certainly I've heard this over and over that they're never completely gone, you know, that they do stick around a lot of times or or come back, like you said, 
uh, and check on us and then go back to whatever they were doing on the other side. So, yeah, these dimensions can be crossed and pretty easily, apparently. As long as you have a doorway that opens at that time. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So is there any cryptid we haven't covered yet? Golly. Um, Otterman? Talked about werewolves. in my book. The guys that become uh, Otterman. Otterman. That Uh, is something I've never heard of. Tushtuka, where Otterman I call, from Alaska. Yeah, the tribe that is, let me find the name of the tribe. It's pretty, uh, the Tinjit, the Tinjit, T-L-I-N-G-I-T. That's the tribe. Uh, They're pretty well. Their alternate uh, spellings are Kushtaka, that's the one I said, Kushtaka, Kushtaka, Kushtaka. So they have several tails. They're shaped to take a form of an otter or a human. Uh, mostly uh, a land otter, they call them. They are ha- most times they are half. They're in between half otter, half man, bipedal. They stand between six hmm. and eight foot tall, so that's pretty tall oh, than an, any otter we know. And covered in sleek yeah. black or dark farm fur, they have hands like human with sharp talons instead of fingernails, which is what otters have. They walk on human feet, and their large eyes sometimes glow as wit- some witnesses describe after encounters. They have needle sharp teeth, crowd their mouth, and the beasts have long tail. The sound they make is a high pitched three part whistle that goes low, high, low. These beings have vast mm-hmm. supernatural powers. That's what they believe out there. There actually was uh, one of those uh, paranormal shows that actually talked about it because a woman had an encounter with one. But they claim they pry, pray on children, taking human form or using a child's relative or friend's voices to lure them away. And just mm-hmm. like the skinwalkers, to Buddha to speak about them. So they, they're actually probably an older thing. If you think about how that's Alaska, and they all first started there. As the image of mentioned, right. attract their unwanted attention. So that's why many of them don't try to talk. Uh, historians believe that the mothers would use Kushtaka as a uh, boogeyman to keep their little ones from disobeying the rules of the tribe. Don't say their <laughs> name or go alone in the woods, or the Kushtaka will steal you away. Ah, I get you, yeah. And it's not just folklore to them. They can, they're very serious about them. It's the same as the skinwalker to the Navajo. The threat is real. And, um, yeah, they, they, they really do talk a lot about that. Um, so it's a lot about that up there. And that was interesting to, to have a we're otter. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Or halfway, halfway. I mean, so, these uh, little otters that you see, you know, like in the picture you took or floating around in a in a pond, they look so cute and they are so wonderful with their offspring. But, my God, then you talk about them being this tall, six, seven, eight feet. My God, that's huge. And walking on two feet, it takes on a whole other, uh, whole right. other feeling. Gee. And yeah. they're afraid of dogs. So the, the native t- people there keep dogs for their own protection. It's also afraid of okay. urine, copper, and fire. Okay. That's good to know. So it's good to know <laughs> when you're up in Alaska in, in the woods, right? You should have all that. That is good to know. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, again, is this this one considered dangerous to people? It sounds like it could be to, to children. Yeah, it can be. And, and, and eventually if someone gets Lured away, they can probably change to be, and that's the, I think oh. the biggest fear that, that people would change. So, uh, yeah. Oh my. Okay. 
Wow. Yeah, all of these shapeshifters are a bit to be concerned about, huh? And they're not the only ones up there. The Eskimo have their own. They have uh, stories that I put in there that I found. Uh, one is uh, about a whale, narwhal whale, someone became. Mm-hmm. Another one is a seal. So that's, of course, just like the seal, you have the story about the seal and, and, uh, over there in, in Europe, Europe, England area, that one island. You got it here, too, with uh, the Eskimos so and stuff like that and birds, too, seagulls and that. So. Yeah, right. it's not the only one, but that's probably the most, I guess, scary, the otter man anyway. So. Yeah, the size is intimidating, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, anybody seeing something seven feet tall or eight feet tall. Walking it looks like an otter, legs. and you're thinking, no, that's not an otter. <laughs> I haven't seen them that big. That's right. Yes, Are they feeding them long, right. different up here? Yeah, they're feeding them something. Gosh. Well, and then you talk about the owls. I want to go back to that for a minute because I know in Alaska there were, and I talked about this just a few weeks ago, there were a lot of stories about UFOs there. There was a movie done about it, and it's, it was very spooky and scary. And in the movie, when someone was regressing people that had had UFO abduction experiences, they were talking about the fact that they were looking at an owl. That's what they saw. An owl, and I've heard before that they want you to see an owl. They don't want you to see the uh, the ET, the little gray with the big eyes or whatever. So they keep well, forcing you to see something else. And an owl is the thing they use. Well, Mothman, they say it could have been a crater or owl. Mm-hmm. If you remember the stories, that they tried to explain right. that to the people that saw. They so did try to explain it away. Maybe a spacesuit. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. logically. I mean, and, and who knows? There's so many types, probably, of aliens anyway. We're not the only people in this, all these universes. Maybe not in our area, our galaxy, but there's so many of them out there. Um, oh, for sure. And I actually had an experience as a kid with my mother in the daytime to see one. It wasn't a glowing thing. It was actually pretty big. It was over our house. We lived in Sacramento at the time. Our backyard was actually... The county front yard was, which is weirdly enough, was the city. How odd is that, right? Mm-hmm. And the back behind our our house, our backyard and garden, was believe it or not the Campbell soup field. So we had giant hares. I mean, jackrabbits. I even tried to oh. catch one as a kid. Never told my parents. But I would have had a heart attack if they known that. Because the <laughs> rabbits were bigger than me at that time. But you know, I wanted oh, no. a pet jackrabbit. But anyway, we were sitting on the back porch, and it was something come over the place. It was daytime, okay, bright daylight. It was low up the ground. The show was pretty big and circular. This is the 60s, early 60s, okay? And there was yeah. nothing like that to my knowledge at that point that you can say. Now you can say maybe there's things like that, but not then. And it, mm-hmm. the colors, the, the whole thing about it was there was red and, and silver, and it's like they – Blit together and yet not. They didn't kind of look like separate, but they were separate. And it had a sound. I remember that sound to this day. And it came over real slow, taking its time. Like I don't give a damn if anybody sees us. The afternoon in Sacramento. And my father didn't see. He was under the tree when on his bench he made. My dog was barking, but my mother goes, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" And I looked up and I said, I stood up and I go, "Oh my gosh." I was in third grade, but I had been reading stories about UFOs 
Is it like a UFO mom, like those books <laughs> I've read? <laughs> and it went over wow. our house, didn't give a dang, didn't do nothing to any of us. And I went and told a friend of mine, and she goes, oh, why don't you go tell the policeman? There's a policeman up the street. I said, do you think a cop's going to listen to a kid? Yeah, He's going right. to think I'm crazy or making it up. I said, but mm-hmm. I remember it to this day. It was like it didn't give a damn. It went real slow. Anybody who's out that afternoon could have saw it. Ah, oh. and you had no missing time, so it was just a sighting. No, no missing had. time. It was perfectly went over the house. Okay. So if wow. they were visiting, <laughs> they didn't care. They were seen. Yeah. Years yeah. later, we went with friends in El Cajon, California, into the up into the country where it's away from the city. And we saw mm-hmm. lights acting weird up and down that talk about the glowing lights. And we knew all of us because we were in a science fiction group. That wasn't <laughs> a helicopter, <laughs> the way no. it was doing it. And we were like, wow. Yeah. So we figured it was UFO. But that was the light version I saw at night. But the daytime one still struck me to this day. And my mother saw now, it, you said it with me. It made a sound. What was the sound it made? <sighs> Sounded, well, I can't even do it now, but it was a sound. I just remember in my head about it. Like a hum? That it, it's a, a hum, a kind of a hum, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, I looked at it, I tried to look on top, couldn't see anything. It was round circular, like you would see a flying saucer. And there was nothing. Right. It was not a plane. It was not a helicopter. <laughs> Grease. It was like, right. wow, it's like, pretty brazen, low enough to the ground to be seen how big it was, too, so. It wasn't like, you know, and, like you think of like a cigar sh- or a giant cruiser, but it was who knows how many people inside if they wanted to be. So, and back um, then, I, it wasn't one of ours. I mean, now we'd have to question, is it ours? Is it, you know, theirs? theirs? We but, can do things but, now. We can do so many weird things now. But back then, this is the early 60s. No, you know. Yeah, that wasn't the case back then, as far as I know. So, yeah, so that was the real one. That was the real deal something from either another dimension or another planet yeah i got a cool but i got a cool sighting that way that was kind of cool you sure did afterwards now is there a person you would like to see in person dog man (laughs) actually a dog man wolf man i don't care what it is to me it's a walking looks like a werewolf that's kind of cool to me i don't care at this point yeah that would be uh, that would be cool uh, like you know, that, I often so. wonder, because when people go out looking for cryptids like werewolves, dogmen, I wonder if the technology of the ghost box would be at all helpful or, you know, trying to do something with a tape recorder like you do with hauntings. I wonder if there is a technology or if you could use the same technology to try to get any communication there. That would be interesting. Might be. You wonder if they're yeah. intelligent, especially, I mean... They're walking like a man. I mean, at this point, we don't. Some of have been seen to walk on fours and silly stand up walking like a man. I'm thinking, that's at least they're low level. I don't know. I mean, like cave people on level, but I'm thinking they have to be somewhat intelligent enough. I don't know if they if they speak a language. We don't know. I mean, you know, we don't hear anything. So, yeah, that would be interesting we did hear, to know. Have, I mean. We, yeah, it would be nice to try it out. And we did hear from a couple of guys, um, I know, Ron, I think it was Ron Moorhead and his friend who was with the Navy, who was a uh, linguist. And he discovered 
through listening to Ron's tape recordings of Bigfoot, that they did have a language. He was able to determine well, that. that they had well, a viable language. Apes do. Apes do yeah. have a language, if you hear them. Uh, chimpanzees do. They're not that far from intelligence from us. So at this point, apes are pretty well higher up uh, enough on the evolutionary scale anyway mm-hmm. as, after humans. So we're all apes at some point. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure well, they, they do have talk- some kind of language. They do, and the other thing is, go ahead. I would love to know what Dogman has, what kind of communications they do. Exactly. Other than maybe a possible how or something, but. Yeah, because it's, I mean, the whole idea here, I mean, what you're doing with ghosts makes a lot of sense. You want communication. You want to be respectful. You want to hear what they have to say. What's his story? What are they trying to get across to us who are still among the living in these different spots, whether it's a hotel or a a country road. It's an interesting experience of communication. The same thing I think would be interesting to try if we could, uh, you know, not pass out (laughs) from seeing these things and stay upright and be able to have some type of communication. It could be revolutionary if we could find out what they have to say. And I think there is intelligence there. Certainly with Bigfoot, there is. And I know there's talk about, oh, it's just Gigantopithecus or whatever, but I don't think so. I think that this is something else entirely. And from right. some of the genetic tests that have come back, that's what they've said, is there is part human and part something they can't identify. And that would make sense and go kind of along with what we've seen with their ability to come in and out of this reality, just disappear. So well, there were they, um, different ways of, of people developing. Right. How interesting it would be to have that conversation with any of them to see where do they come from, et cetera. Of course, as you mentioned, we're not necessarily known for being uh, no. a person or type of people that they would like to communicate with. They kind of want to hide from us and stay away from us, and understandably Some so. Some of us might shoot guns at them. I mean, let's be honest. Well, we're... We're, we're Bigfoot hunters, and they got guns, and you see the show, thinking, you know, really, if you think about it, you're probably frightening something. It's like a, yeah. like a deer or a wolf, you know, or anything else. That, you know, you're shooting a gun, and that's the whole thing. I don't know. That could be another reason why some Bigfoots are getting antagonistic. I mean, if we, we've got guns, we're, we're not exactly nonviolent people, so. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, we we are violent, most of us or some of us. So, yeah. And the type yeah. that go out hunting, yeah, that hunting for Bigfoot, yeah, that kind of sets a bad precedent. So who would want to sit and have a conversation when somebody's pointing a rifle at you? And I know some of them are just, like, really caught up with they want to bring back a body, which I think is awful because that's really not the point here. The point here is that there's another intelligent species it comes in and out of our reality on this planet. I'd like to know more about them. And dragging back a body to prove it isn't really going to help much. We probably would need more scientists. But my opinion, even with ghost hunting, uh, physicists, because they understand mm-hmm. about that sort of thing. That's what a physicist learns. There was actually right. somebody actually got together, heard what a physicist, they were investigating about orbs. Because a physicist is a scientist. That's what they're trained to understanding all that stuff. So even uh, time travel, all that stuff, that's what a physicist understands what they learn in college. So you need people like that. Uh, I know there is a, 
what they call, I, my friend calls the real ghost hunters, which is those that go to college. You can actually go to college, some colleges, and learn. It's part of paris, it's parapsychology. It's the same thing. It's part of psychology. didn't have any of my psychology class. I probably preferred that over the psychology class I had. <laughs> I know, really? But that's a yeah. whole different thing. But there is one up here in Virginia. That's what they do. And uh, they, they, they don't just study ghosts. They study psychic phenomena or until people doing uh what we can do esp and all that stuff too because that's what they're doing for the college they get paid for doing that so they get paid for yeah doing, they're the, yeah so probably people like that's what we need more of in, in with this sort of thing get proof maybe dim, dimensions is it another dimension is it are they aliens i mean from another world yeah. where do they come that would from be interesting i'd love to, to learn that's that's the, yeah, that's the fascinating it? part for me that, me too. I'm with you. That's great. Well, Pamela, we're coming to the end of our time together, and I can't thank you enough for expanding our minds tonight, introducing us to more aspects of werewolves, dogmen, and shapeshifters, and giving us some good things to be warned and forewarned about also. But anyways, it's been wonderful. Thank you. And again, everybody go get Pamela K. Kenny's books. You can get all of them, and they're all great because Pamela is a super writer. She will keep you engaged to the very last page of the book. So be sure to look her up on Amazon and get that book, Werewolves, Dogmen, and Shapeshifters. It's wonderful. So and thanks if again, Pamela. In the area, and let everybody know, if they're in the area of Williamsburg, Virginia, this weekend, uh, it'll be at the Doubletree Williamsburg there. There's something called Scare the Cares Author Con. It, it, it helped charity with uh, so that's people behind it, and there'll be a bunch of us authors selling and citing our books. I'll be there at my table. So, all right, I'll then have all my ghost, I'll have all my ghost books, so I will have them on me. Excellent. So great place to go. And everybody, we'll be back next week with another great show. We're going to do angels next week. Be sure to join us. Until then, see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.